Welcome to RevSpot. I'm your host, Tanner Green, and each week we're going to be diving into the life and mind of HubSpot's premier players, the Solutions Partners. This podcast is specifically about hearing their experiences, opinions, and ideas about how RevOps and AI are shaping the future. If you're a Solutions Partner or working with one, you're in the right place. So tune in and learn about how they innovate and approach frameworks, processes, and automations in the HubSpot CRM in order to create the true RevOps flywheel. All right, we are super excited right now to have the wonderful Darren of Hubble Digital on our podcast today. And thank you everyone for listening. We are just, he is an absolute legend in the HubSpot space and the RevOps space and just has created so much from his his career. And so without further ado, Darren, why don't you give us a little bit of a introduction? Cool, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, uh, I'm currently um, based in Cape Town. Um, today, so uh, we are on opposite sides of the world both, uh, recording this. Um, yeah, I um, am currently the CEO at Hubble. Uh, Hubble, um, our headquarters are, are in London. Um, we've got uh, six offices around the world. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been involved since 2012 uh, when we started uh, building the uh, company. Amazing. So from building the company to now, Tell us a little bit about that journey. What kind of makes you guys unique at Hubble? Sure. So the Hubble brand only started in 2020. Um, So it's about four years old. Um, However, uh, I I founded um, the agency in in 2012. Um, And the other half of the agency, so Hubble was a merger of two companies that came together, mine and another based in London. Um, we both started in, in 2012. Now, my, my side of the story is uh, I was working in telecoms. Uh, I was working in B2B marketing. Um, and the agencies that I was uh, forced to use by the procurement team because we were a large uh, uh, company um, really didn't understand B2B marketing. Um, they uh, tried to do a bunch of kind of kind of B2C type tactics uh, that weren't working. Um, and I spotted an opportunity. I thought, okay, let me go out and start a B2B agency, but I want to have something that uh, can prove return on investment. Uh, so that led uh, me to find HubSpot. HubSpot back then was a pure marketing platform. Um, but in order to really show return on investment, you always had to integrate into a CRM. Uh, so HubSpot didn't have a CRM back then. It was just a marketing automation email type platform. Uh, so I'll, right from the beginning of, of the agency, we, we built out a very technical division because we were always integrating into Salesforce, into Microsoft Dynamics, um, into Sugar, into uh, Siebel, into these various CRM systems. So we could say, we spent X on marketing and we got uh, two times or three times return on closed one deals. Um, so then as HubSpot progressed and became more of a CRM, we had to do less integration work into other CRMs 
But then the requirements became integrations into other back office systems and front office systems, ERP systems, invoicing systems. So we've always had the strong technical capability. Um, but because our foundation was in marketing, we always have had a creative and marketing uh, capability as well. Uh, so what makes us unique is many of our competitors are either one or the other. They're not both. We believe that they should be together. They influence each other. So the technical capabilities um, as well as the creative capabilities. Uh, and the other thing that makes us unique is our footprint. So out of all the different HubSpot partners, uh, I think we're the only one that covers the quantity of time zones uh, that we cover. So we can cover mm -hmm. from Asia Pac time zones across all the way to the West Coast of the US. Um, and as a result, we work with HubSpot's largest customers, uh, multinational customers that maybe have an office in San Francisco, an office in London, an office in Paris, an office in Munich, and an office in Sydney. Um, and they need 24-hour support. Um, and, uh, and that's what makes us unique is that we're able to do that. Um, the other thing that makes us unique is, uh, is we don't believe in a, uh, in a generalist RevOps consultant. Uh, most of those RevOps consultants uh, that we've seen come from a marketing background. They've never sold anything in their life. So why are they advising salespeople and sales managers on sales processes? Uh, or maybe they come from a sales background. They've never marketed in their lives. Or even worse, they come from a technical background and they never sold or marketed, <laughs> right? So our strategy, which does mean that we are more expensive than anybody else, is when you work with us, you get somebody that has sold before, that has been in sales management, that has built commission policies, that has built uh, sales teams, quotas, all that type of thing. You get a marketing consultant that has built marketing campaigns that have generated leads. You get a technical consultant that comes with a computer science background. So they don't see the boundaries that others see. And then you get a project manager that is uh, certified either in Agile or Waterfall or one of the different uh, Prince 2 or one of the uh, you know, project management methodologies. So you get four people plus then access to all our shared resources, our developers, our designers, our copywriters, uh, our integrators, our SEO people. So it's a big team that comes instead of just a single person that is, that's supposed to know everything. Um, so we go for a T-shaped specialist um, is, our, is our, our strategy. That's amazing. So when you guys bring somebody on board to, with Hubble to use, to use your guys' services, those, those specific people are always going to have that niche understanding of where they're and then they give you the feedback and say, this is how I see it. This is how they see it. This is how they see it. Bring it all together. We're going to create the most amazing CRM experience for you. I mean, now it's a CRM. We all know that. But before it wasn't. Yeah. But now it's as we're going to create this 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 whole RevOps experience for for the for the client, which is amazing. So when you're working... Sure. When you're working with the client, are they just one person too, or are they lots of different people? What's the dynamic there? Yeah, very good question. So, so our target market is uh, large, small businesses and the mid market, um, and maybe smaller corporates. Um, and so, it's never one person. Um, it is always multiple stakeholders, um, often in different countries that speak different languages. 
Um, uh, very often, uh, companies we work with have just acquired other companies um, and they come into us to consolidate sales processes, marketing processes, CRM data. Um, and so a huge part of our work is, is facilitation um, uh, of, of that integration. Um, and what's important is, is that, um, you know, we, we also, we're not just the operations, the implementation part, like the part that we really add value to is higher up where we help in define the strategy, helping define the processes before it gets to how we're going to implement this in the CRM. Um, so yes, it's always multiple people. Um, and, uh, uh, there's often conflicting requirements um, and it's our job as consultants to help facilitate those difficult conversations that uh, often can't be done without a consultant. Yeah. Especially if they're in like a, a merger or acquisition, that's, I mean, just so much nuance and so many different things and, and balls thrown in the court. They're like, what the heck is going on? Um, but yeah. So, so when you're giving that, that kind of instruction and that consultant's work and you're helping these people understand the the full power of the crm and the full power of what hubspot can do in the RevOps standpoint like what does that mean what do you tell them and how does that you know help them in their journey so the way that we look at RevOps and crm is is very much around customer experience right so how do we use a full front office tech stack? The front office tech stack being the marketing side where we attract leads, the sales side where we convert, and then service where we, we, we service that customer. How can we use that front office tech stack to delight your customers and serve them in different ways? M many of our customers uh, uh, are not current, currently market leaders. Um, and they want to gain market share. Um, and mm. and, a, a, a strategy to gain market share is, is, can be around innovation. How can you service the customer differently to your competitors to give them a unique, faster, better, uh, more personalized experience? Uh, is it mm. how you attract them? Is that unique? Um, is it what in your sales process? What are the ways that somebody can buy? Can they start the sales process online and then get that handed over to a sales rep that's managing that same deal that might have felt like an online shopping cart and take you through a traditional B2B sales process? And how do we get that voice out in, the, in a unique way? So what we see with many of the competitor tech stacks um, like Salesforce as an example, is uh, if you want to innovate and you want to experiment and you want to try new go-to-market channels, new servicing channels, new sales channels, new marketing channels, it is difficult and, and time-consuming and therefore costly to do that. So when we're talking to our customers, we are, we are often talking to them about the full HubSpot tech stack and how it actually enables you to innovate fast and at a lower cost, which could then allow you to go, grow market share. Um, you know, you can't compare features anymore. The, 
features between Microsoft Dynamics, Salesforce, and HubSpot are almost at parity. And there's always one will launch something new and cool, and then the next one will, and the next one will, and the other one will follow two months, maybe two weeks later. So comparing on features isn't, isn't, uh, isn't worthwhile anymore. It's comparing on your capability to innovate. Um, now, if you look at the Microsoft uh, uh, tech stack, the, the boundaries there, are if you want to innovate, you have to do it in the zero environment. You have to do it with Microsoft developers. Um, so if you've got, you know, that could be limiting in the speed that you can, that you can innovate and limited in what you can do because it has to be built on Azure. Uh, on the Salesforce side, because they've grown through acquisitions, every single time you want to try to do something, you have to do it multiple times in all the different tools that have the Salesforce logo on, but they're not really Salesforce. And then you look at the HubSpot ecosystem and you can innovate fast. So you know, I think it's our message and how we look at the full HubSpot tech stack really has to do with speed to market. That's such a fascinating point. Like makes total sense between the innovation speed. I mean, the one of my favorite things is the value equation that Alex Hormozzi, I don't know if you've heard of him, Alex Hormozzi talks about is uh, the, the dream outcome times the perceived likelihood of achievement over the time delay and the effort or sacrifice that the client's going to have to put in. So when you talk about that innovation, it's about decreasing that bottom, that bottom half of that speed to innovation, speed to market and ease of use for all of the, the customers. And, and so that's, yeah. that's just genius. I, I love that a lot. So, so what happens, Darren, what happens if they don't implement this kind of stuff inside of their business? Like what is some, what are some of the, the negative consequences that can occur if they are, if they're not implementing RevOps, or not implementing the CRM to the best that they can and using it like it should be used? I think, uh, well, the most obvious one is, is, is lack of growth or slower growth, right? So uh, you, you, you lose market share uh, to your competitors. Um, and I think, uh, um, you know, if the, the, the other thing that I see is, is if you see RevOps as the team, the function that implements the stuff that the rest of the business came up with, I think you're losing out an opportunity there. For us, the concept of Rev, RevOps is it's, it's a strategic function. Like it should, it should be suggesting new routes to market, new uh, uh, go-to-market strategies, new marketing strategies, uh, different sales processes. It, it should be an innovation function. It's set up as a as a, as a strategic function. You, uh, I, I think it's a it's, it's a function easily replaced. I think it's uh, it's uh, you know when you look into layoff people, I think it's a it's like oh these people just set up our CRM, we don't need them our CRM set up. That's not the way to look at it because uh, you, you might go through a initial massive phase of building out new processes and integrating systems and uh, importing data to build this beautiful CRM that's connected, that your marketing needs come in and it leads into the sales team and then it goes into service and invoices are automatically raised, that revenue is recognized and it's just this beautiful 
this beautiful process. But in the size companies that we work with, that's the speed of innovation is rapid. I mean, I look at the company our size, we are 175 people. I can tell you every 90 days, there are significant things that we change in our business that have to be changed in the CRM. Um, so, you know, people that don't look at, that don't have a RevOps function, that don't look at RevOps as a strategic function, I think they are, they will eventually become obsolete. Um, you know, it's, it's that cliched example of, of having the taxi driver that got taken out by Uber um, because they just weren't innovating anymore. Yeah, that's a great example. The taxi driver versus Uber is everyone can kind of see that clearly. <laughs> that is not, yeah. no longer a thing. So I want to dive in a little bit more into the every 90 days you guys do something different. You're, you do something innovative, new that you're adjusting for the change of innovation with everything going on now, especially. What what are some examples of those that you guys have, have changed and looked into? There's there's hundreds of of, of examples. I think it would be quite <laughs> difficult to to nail nail one down. You know, but um, yeah, you know, we we we've had customers that say, well, you know, we suddenly decided to open an office in a different region. Um, you know, that means changing how teams are set up, how lead rotation is set up. Um, uh, you know, those the, the, those are more kind of simple requirements. If I look at like kind of some of the more uh, advanced and exciting things we've done, uh, you know, we we worked with a um, a large car manufacturer, um, and we were working with their parts division. Uh, now, the parts for the cars that we were working for um, were very very expensive, so no mechanic kept a whole cupboard full of parts for every single model of that particular car. It was too expensive. Um, and, uh, and it was quite difficult for uh, the mechanics to order parts. They would have to phone or email a head office who would, somebody would answer the call, a salesperson. They would go and look in Oracle for the parts, see where, which warehouse is it in? Is it available? How much does it cost? How long to get it shipped? Uh, to the particular mechanic, and then and then process the 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 order. Um, but the sales team was in Central Europe, and uh, they had customers in America, they had customers in Asia, Asia Pac. So it, sometimes it took days and days to just get a part for a car. Um, so what we did there is we did an integration into Oracle, um, and it was it was getting. Uh, product information, SKU information directly out of Oracle, availability, uh, where it's located. And we built a B2B online store where the mechanic could go on and browse all the different parts, find the part that they want. They could add it to cart, which effectively created a HubSpot deal. Um, and because these parts were expensive, there was often a high abandonment uh, uh, rate. But what would happen then is in the morning, that sales rep could go in, they could see all the carts that were created as deals that haven't progressed. And they could then con proactively contact the various mechanics and say, okay, you've put this piece into your cart. What are you trying to do? They could have that conversation and they could then conclude the deal offline or they could push it back online. Um, so it was a full 
uh, kind of seamless switch between online and offline. Um, and that was simply from a conversation that we, we, we had the customer running on HubSpot. They were managing their deals, um, but there was this friction of having to open another system to Oracle to see availability. And there was this friction of you could only buy when somebody was online. So we, we created this online interface to allow them to uh, buy whenever they, whenever they want. Yeah, that is so cool. Just that innovation right there. Who, who would think to build an online store and then just connect it to HubSpot like that? That's so cool. Wow. <clears throat> That's great. Thanks for sharing that experience. I think a lot of people can get some use out of the that innovation right there is what it takes to be the best, honestly. And if you want to do something that can really wow the crowd and wow your clients and creating uh, custom innovation like that it is just incredible so let that be heard for all the listeners out there um well darren what about what about the the use of ai and everything that is so new these days into revops into hubspot the crm where have you seen it flourish where have you seen it kind of touch the surface and where have you seen it not prevalent yet so i think hubspot's had a really unique approach to ai um and the way that they have uh used ai or uh, enabled ai is tangibly built it into every single hubspot tool um so most people nowadays don't realize they're even using ai and it is just there natively within HubSpot. This is quite different to how Salesforce approach AI, where you actually have to configure Einstein, you've got to point it to some training data, you need to tell it what you, the outcome that you want. Um, now, HubSpot's always been opinionated and it comes pre-configured. Um, so you can, as a small business, start immediately. As a larger business, you obviously need to configure it. Um, but... AI for many of our customers has just become something that they don't even realize they are using. I think that's where it becomes valuable. Um, so if I take the HubSpot forecasting tool, that had AI added to it. And now when you try and submit your weekly forecast or your monthly forecast, depending on your cycle, it's going to tell you based on uh, kind of AI learned data, whether the forecast you're submitting is even possible or not. Um, it doesn't feel like you using AI, but you are. Um, and, uh, and so, um, you know, because our team, the way our methodology is to do strategy with the customer, then go into implementation, then we analyze, and we are using HubSpot's built-in AI tools to analyze the data, and then we recommend evolutions to your setup. And we repeat that we repeat that process. So AI is, is is used every single day. We are using AI from the marketing from the marketing agency side. We're using it to help uh, come up with campaigns, copy all those type of things. Uh, we are still heavily uh, using real people as well, um, but we're using it to speed up things like writing social media copy and that type of thing. Cool, very cool. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of inherent things built uh, with AI inside of HubSpot that are really cool to see where they're headed. I think there's a lot of new technologies coming in and 
And uh, where do you see it going next? What's what's the next big thing that AI is going to do for for this RevOps world? So I think uh, AI is going to increasingly configure the things that RevOps people currently configure um, through natural language. So already you look at HubSpot, you can have a website configured for you and developers and designers used to have to do that. You can have reports configured for you by writing in natural language, I need a report that shows me this versus that. It, 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 it will create that for you. So the, the things that currently there's a small group of people that, that hold the keys to how to use HubSpot. That's going to fall away because anybody can write in a chat pane and say, I need HubSpot to do this or that, and we'll get configured. That's why it's so important for us to be involved in the strategy. The strategy isn't going to be replaced by AI. Um, so we'd rather use our smart consultants to come up with why you need to do things in a particular way. And then when AI is there, there's already ChatSpot. It's not quite ready for this yet, but ChatSpot will be, get to a point where you can say, configure HubSpot like this and it will go off and configure it as required. Yeah, that's that's a great point. The configuration piece of self-configuring is definitely where it can be painful. Like Einstein GPT, like you said before. Now, not my words. That was Taryn's words, everybody, just for the just for the record. <laughs> um, well, real quick, uh, before before we head out, Darren, what are like if I wanted to implement RevOps in my business, and if I wanted to develop this this tool a little bit better in my arsenal, what would be some of the first steps I would do in your mind? So I think the first thing is to is to really unpack what you mean by RevOps. Right, I think it's quite a cool. uh, ambiguous, ambiguous word right now. Um, and uh, like, is it that you it, literally just want to get the revenue into your business as quickly as possible? Or is it that you want to have sales, marketing, service connected and influencing each, each other? Um, if you do want to do that, I think one of the first steps is to, is to kind of acknowledge that potentially it requires a restructure. I believe that if you're going to go for the full rev ops type methodology, you should have a chief revenue officer and that chief revenue officer should be looking after sales, service and marketing. If you have a sales officer, a marketing officer and a customer service officer, you're already uh, increasing the probability that, that things are, things are going to fail. So before you look at any technology or anything like that, you actually need to be able to do everything manually on paper. Uh, now that might be, if you're a large company, that might be, uh, unrealistic, but at least you need to recognize that uh, that like you can't truly do RevOps without putting it under a a particular person and making that person accountable um, for that. Love it, amazing, Darren. Thanks a bunch for coming on the show. Any last words of advice, last pieces that you want to say to the listeners out there that'll help them kind of get off the ground? The concept of tech debt, right? So. Um, Companies often opt not to do things because they're worried that if they roll out this tool now in a couple of years time, they're going to have to replace it with something more enterprise. I think the thing to, to recognize is if you go into the HubSpot ecosystem, we have customers 
that have two employees working on HubSpot, and we have customers with 25,000 employees working on HubSpot. Same HubSpot instance. There's no impact on speed. There's uh, no need to upgrade. There's, there's uh, no need to move data from one server to another server. So I think like a piece of advice is, is if, you, if you want to improve your business, if you want to innovate, if you want to serve customers, and you might be a startup now, you might be a, a, a large small business now, like you can feel comfortable buying and adopting HubSpot and going through that journey until you are a multinational organization listed on the New York Stock Exchange and you can still run up off HubSpot without that tech debt that comes with some of the HubSpot competitors. Um, so I think that's a really, uh, it's really is something for companies to consider when they are evaluating CRMs. That's amazing. Great advice. Love it. Darren, how can people go follow you, find you, connect with you? <laughs> Myself, I'm, uh, I'm not in too many places. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, finding Darren Smith um, on, on LinkedIn. Um, otherwise, also uh, from a company perspective, um, you can check out Hubble.com. That's Hubble with a single B. Um, and uh, you can find our website and all our uh, contact details there. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Darren, for being on the show. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you later. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. It means the world to me and these solutions partners I'm working with. If you want to learn more about them, all the details is in the podcast description. Go check it out. See you guys next time.